Thank you all for making it. We're going to be the number one media conglomerate in the world. The key here is act like a happy family. Hi, Jeannie. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm fine. Are you always a night owl? I am. I should tell people this is our latest. This is maybe my latest podcast ever. This is the late night edition of the West Coast Project. 10 p.m. West Coast, 1 a.m. East Coast. That's right. I shouldn't admit it, but I pretty much live on West Coast time. You're a night owl, huh? I am. I am. Jeannie, what did you think of this episode? I loved it. I love every episode, though. So I should ask you, what did you think? I thought it was good. I thought it was a good continuation of last time. Definitely. And excellence and interest in everything. Did you anticipate anything? You know, I was just just thinking about that. Like, what should we think? Like, kind of last week we assumed the deal was done and we got surprised this week. And now we kind of assume the deal is off. And I think we may get surprised next week. What do you think? Right. Who knows? I don't. I I think what you think. (laughs) Well, that's easy. I can't think ahead on this show. I'm just I just I just watch it unroll and just watch it the first time without even thinking and then go back and watch it again. Did you um, figure out what Argestes is? It's a, it's I think a place. It's either a place or a conference. It's in New York, right? Because the cars delivering the people were New York license plate cars. I guess so. Um, and it was snowing, even though they talked about the altitude, though. I know. They talked, they talked about, about the altitude, and he talked about, well, I know that people can come from anywhere. He, he, he referred to all these Palo Alto pricks or whatever Logan did at one yeah. point. But um, I don't know, the altitude and the snow. It's a fictional place. It's kind of like a Davos. Right. Uh, South by Southwest or Bohemian Grove, Sun Valley. It's kind of a meeting of the minds of the corporate, of the of the popular culture and arts and all that, I think. Now, yeah, but it's private, like a South by Southwest or something like that. Those are all big public events. This is supposed to be private, so all the press is lined up as yeah. people are around. On the fringes of it. Yeah, I don't think Davos is public. I think Davos is private, too, but the press kind of congregates around the edges of it. Wow. Like the paparazzi. Yeah. I looked up the word Argestes. It's it's a Greek word for cloud-clearing northwesterly winds. Hmm. It's a cool name. It fits it fits the it sounds like it should for what what it is in this, you know, in this context. Right. And, you know, I looked up the name of Connor's Ranch. What was the name of that? I looked it up and it had a tie to Napoleonic, something in the Napoleonic culture. And, you know, he's a collector of Napoleonic things. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I wouldn't cut them short on coming up with um, artistic, poetic, historical... You know, something rich and deep and what these names all mean. Did you check to see what Turnhaven meant? Because I meant to do that and I didn't. I didn't, no. Are you happier for the Pierces or for the the Royce that this deal is where it sits now? 
I don't know. Well, um, I'm happier in that maybe it gives us a chance to see Stewie some more. You know, I kind of love his, I just love how snappy he is in his dialogue, and I love seeing him back throwing barbs at Kendall and Logan. But I don't know that I care. I'm just kind of fascinated with the whole journey. I don't, I don't feel like I care ultimately what happens. Yeah, Stewie's dangerous. <laughs> He's too smart to be just a simpleton that's sitting on the sidelines. Um, there's some dangerous stuff lurking beneath the surface. The stuff Greg has on the cruise ships and the, and yep. the car crash that Stewie, I think, may be able to uncover somehow. He's probably, yeah, trying to figure out what the heck happened. All right, Jeannie, so on the plane, the family's having a meeting to figure out why the Pierces are stalling. Why are they stalling? What? What's... You know what? I, I don't know why they're stalling either. I, that wasn't clear, and I don't even know how much time how much time has elapsed. Do we really know? I want to say they're on the way back. No, I don't know. I mean... No, they were on the plane going to our Jesties, but I wonder how many weeks, you know, like Kendall freaked out on the legal team there, you know, and like it's taken forever. I just I don't have any sense of if it's been two weeks or six weeks. Right. I would think it would take a fair amount of time, but he really wanted it done fast. So I just don't know. It wasn't it wasn't clear. Well, he wants the deal done fast. Just from the normal expediency of executives wanting to close deals, but then we have this artificial reason for it to be needing to be done fast. Right. That's why he's so urgent to yeah. fend off. Yeah. Which super, uh, super exceeds, super accelerates everything. So on the plane, it was a little confusing. He six Kendall on these lawyers to get everything together. What? Why are they? Why are they the slow cog in the wheel? I don't think they are. He's just scapegoating them because Logan's scapegoating him. And you know, he's just going on down the, you know, he, they're upset. They don't know who to take it out on. That's what I think. Yeah, but they could, they, uh, logistically, they could accelerate 100 miles an hour and still Nan's going to go as fast as she wants to go. It doesn't matter how ready they are. It's how ready Nan is. Right. And so, yeah, I didn't really understand that, except I just think they're all super frustrated and they can't they can't make Nan go faster, obviously. So they're just taking it on a I think they are. That's that's really what I thought. The I business really don't class level lawyers in the plane. Right. Alright, well, um we find out that Shiv and Frank are one level below the the immediacy of the company. Like they're working on stupid audit crap and Shiv has zero interest in doing whatever that new job is. Right. Um, they're not invited even to our justies. They're just doing this kind of behind the scenes business accounting. Boring um, stuff. We talked about that a little, that Connor could get, not Connor, but um, Tom could get shuttled away from news and get a stupid accounting job and still have, you know, an important executive level job. I don't know if that'll satisfy his ego or not, but there's plenty of room in the Roy empire for people to make a lot of money at, at not... Um, Policy making or cutting edge jobs, they just can be like top level executives without a whole lot of power to change things. Right. I don't know if that's okay with Tom, but he seems pretty, he just doesn't seem like any kind of player to me whatsoever on any level. 
Yeah, Shiv doesn't. Shiv is kind of like Roman. I remember Roman doing this in the first season. Like, ooh, important. Like, he was, like, all making fun of, like, all these guys and stuffed guys in stuffed suits. And he was going to be some, play some important role at the top of the the Roy chain of command. But he was just making fun of it all because it's just, like, all fluff. And Shiv he's feels always, that way now, I think. Yeah, he's, Roman's always making fun of it out of one side of his mouth while kind of striving for it on the other. H- however he However he can. You know, he's another hapless one. I'm coming to feel a little bit warmer toward him. I know. I like Roman, too. Well, if you make fun of it and you don't get it, it's not like you've lost much. It's it's a hedge against being disappointed. Exactly. Uh, So while Shiv and Frank are doing all this, the other, I think it's a lawyer, Carolina rushes up and just says it's Cruz's. The problem is there's something uh, festering in Cruz's. Right. Um, and so then we see back at our Jesties, the cars with the New York plates, the crew arrives. Um, and we find out Kendall and Roman are to host a panel. And they're just kind of scanning the crowd as they get there. And um, we see some great scenes with Greg and Tom again. But Greg reunites with Tom and he's worried about the stupid minor, minor little things like the room acoustics, the hikes he's invited to and what's in his gift basket. Right. <laughs> yes. No. It's so funny. He he wouldn't be happy without the status. He isn't happy. He can. He knows where he is. You know. He's he's in the basic panic room. He's got the basic welcome box of nuts. But they're the size of boomerangs. Greg says. Yeah. Greg seems super. Greg seems really happy around Tom. Very upbeat. Very much wanting to brief Tom and help Tom out now. So. And he's still in the news division, so I guess he was mollified by his promotion. Yeah, Greg is the chimpanzee with a machine gun. Like, he's a simpleton with a dangerous weapon in his hands. Honestly, I, I you know, he could be the one. You never know. He's there and Shiv isn't. He was invited there and Shiv was left behind. Right. I don't think Greg's going to ascend to anything. I think I would actually feel disappointed if he got to some position that was important. But he totally fills the role of the support character that's just like a thousand percent comedic. I love him in that role. And they play so well t- together. You know, when they were when they were on the bridge at the nature hike, and um, Greg ran up to tell him about we kind of need to change the yeah. tagline, and they went back and forth for a couple minutes on it. You know, it was hilarious. So dry. So fun. What a fun scene for the two of them to play. Yeah, we'll get to that. But Tom's totally decked out in his vest and new hiking boots that fit the the apparel choice of the crowd. And Roman makes fun of him immediately when he sees him. Right. Um, Logan sees Rhea. Tom and Greg get together with Logan and start to discuss their strategy. And they talk about this new slogan. This, This is kind of funny. Like the whole we're listening Right. What a horrible freaking slogan. Oh, it's hilarious. I mean, it really is so hilarious. Now, are you talking about when they're out on the bridge talking? No, not yet. They're trying to engage they're... Logan about it, and he just could give a shit. He's like, whatever. Right. He just He's trying to avoid Sandy. Right. Now, he's already seen Rhea, and they pass in the crowd, and they have this private little smile between them. Hello, Rhea. Hello, Mr. 
you know, she passes by. So, you know, what's going on between them? Is it, I mean, I'm not saying they're having an affair or anything like that, but they're obviously having, you know, ongoing conversations. I think that we don't know about. He was Logan very, and, Logan and Rhea. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's total subterfuge. Ray is a double spy. Do you really think she's like a total double spy or is she just trying to kind of work it out? You know, she seems like she was trying to work it out for the good. She got $25 billion for the family, right? Yeah, because she, I mean, she probably makes a commission on that end and she gets, she gets whatever Logan's feeding her on that other end to get the deal done. It just seems like a win-win, though. I mean, I, I guess. I guess I would be betrayed, of course, if I was Nan Pierce, but we'll get to that. Oh, it's totally betrayal con- country. She's in. She's a double agent. She's. She's. She does not have the Pierce interest as they in, in, entrusted her. She does not have their right. best interest in at heart. She has like her best interests. Yeah, she did, but she seemed, you know, they were sort of wanting to sell. They were wanting to sell. It wasn't like she was trying to talk them into the position they were in with the eight quarterly losses and all of that. I don't know. It just Well, knowing what you know about Rhea, would you want her on your team? Well, maybe. If, if you were Nan, would you want Rhea? What would you do if you found out about What would you do if you were Nan? She had a private meeting, and I, I feel like in that meeting that we observed, right, with, with him in the, in the panic room that time, I felt like she didn't really divulge anything other than to indicate the family would be interested in hearing an offer, right? She didn't, I don't know, I, I get mm-hmm. it, I do get it, but I think on the level of bad... The problem is, Jeannie, the problem is, is that Logan knows that Ray is a double agent, but Nan does not know she's a double agent. That's true. Yes, you're right. She's the CEO. So that's a problem for Nan. But, uh, but Nan gave her what she deserved, I think. I'm not sorry about that, but I just thought, she's like, wait a minute, it's a win-win. And I'm kind of thinking the position that they're in and they're wanting to sell, I know she, they were holding their nose to work with him. Well, but, they're they're holding this fake conversation to avoid Sandy. Blah 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 blah. Right, like they're just right, kind right. of faking it out. And um, Logan asked, "Hey, look over there, Adam. Tell me if he looks healthy." Right. And, <laughs> and um, Tom kind of says, "Well, you know." But then Logan says, "I he he's heard that Tom that Sandy may have ha- may have syphilis." And then Tom had a funny, what did he call it? Well, you don't hear about syphilis anymore. Yeah, it's, some... it's the MySpace of diseases. Oh, right. That was great. All right, Jeannie, we meet this guy. I don't know if you've seen him before, but Hugh Baker, I think he is. He's the senior president or vice president of the cruise division. Right. I don't know. We have not seen him before. This guy has the skinniest neck for the size of his head and his body that I've ever seen on a human being. It's Fisher Stevens. Did you know that? I think that's Fisher Stevens, the actor. Is there a Fisher Stevens disease named after him for people with skinny necks? No. Well, there should be. Um, but they're asking for a resp- He's. He, I guess he's trying to like formulate a response for this problem. But right. this whole problem surfaces now, and Logan wants it contained. They all want it contained, but Logan's kind of in charge of it. Um, 
So this New York magazine has heard of this event that happened years ago. And basically, from what I understand about it, Jeannie, is just a woman was somehow assaulted or raped and then killed herself by jumping off the ship. But she was probably thrown off the ship by somebody trying to clean up the problem. Yes. Okay. Yes, all that. Yeah. Um, so they think, well, we're a bunch of dudes. We need some female input on this to give it kind of slanted back towards middle ground. And so they call Shiv for her, her input. She's at some Starbucks bathroom. Right. That now, Jerry, did Jerry call her? Hmm, I think I forget Jerry who. got her on the phone. Jerry got her on the phone. See, Jerry's working behind the scenes, but also maybe Rhea might have called her because later on, she when they met when 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 um, Shiv and Rhea meet, we'll get to that. But Jerry called her. She gets Shiv on the phone, puts her on speaker. Shiv's in the bathroom. Does my dad know I'm on this call? Yes, I'm here. You know. Then they have that meeting about what to say. Yeah, it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny just Shiv finding a private space to talk. Like, everybody's done that in a Starbucks, right? Like, you try the bathroom, it's locked. You got to go get the freaking stupid key. Right. <laughs> Sometimes you can catch the person coming out and catch the door and get in there. But right. you get mostly got to go through a bunch of hoops to get into the freaking bathroom. And then she turns the, the dryer on and... And she sounded like she was in the bathroom. It had the echoey bathroom sound, too. It was pretty no, it, perfect. It, it was great. And they all sort of disagreed in the room, right, about what to, how to handle it. Right. Time is critical. They don't have the usual. You probably think back in newspaper time you had a week or maybe two weeks or maybe even longer. But now they have literally minutes. minutes or hours or not even maybe that many much time. But they right. strategize. Should they, A, kill it, B, acknowledge it and offer an apology or C, try to delay it so whatever they do they need to get this pierce deal done before it becomes known to nan and the pierce people and the public essentially right um so logan says we can't be one half pregnant let's get this deal done and he invites shiv to come out and help with the optics the the all-male team needing this female optics infusion right yeah so, so now we go to the bridge. Down. Now we go to the bridge, Jeannie. The, the Airbus leadership walk on the bridge. Greg rushes, beautiful. Greg rushes up to Tom to discuss <laughs> the slogan. And the slogan is, we're listening, but they're afraid it's too Alexa-like. Right. And then they have the added complication of they, they really are listening. Yep. They have set-top boxes just like Alexa... Or, or whatever what's the what's the amazon one amazon echo is it the echo i don't uh, have one yours I went off didn't yours go off during our or you asked alexa a question i guess no i asked siri a question siri okay they're all kind of yeah. the same yes it's hilarious they're well siri's not very good i'll be honest but Tom says, or Greg says, uh, yeah, you know, Tom, our set-top boxes work really well. In fact, they're listening quite aggressively. Right. <laughs> Tom is, this is all news. Tom's like the stupid idiot. Should know this stuff, but he's, this is news to him. Well, he's like a little boy. He stands there like a little boy, right? He's all, 
you know, he's all happily marching along with the big guys out on the tour. It's great. It's beautiful. And now, what? You just the look on his face. You know, we tested it. We liked it. Yeah, his, well, his <laughs> glorious stage time is going to be stolen from him. Right. It's compromised by this problem. Um, yeah, so the boxes are listening aggressively, and and he's all, well, but we've tested this. We've practiced this. I was kind of I was surprised that he didn't know about these set-top boxes. I guess he's just a, a fluff he's that a, doesn't know his job, though. That's why, that's why I think, come on, you know, he can't possibly. He is just a hapless... Idiot. A lucky guy, hapless idiot, right? A lucky, funny guy. Well, he married the right person. Yes, he did. So Greg has the brilliant suggestion to change we're listening to we hear you. Right. <laughs> Um, and there's plenty of time to pick on that slogan again because they make kind of a big deal about it. And they don't burn it. They don't waste our time by, like, f- talking incessantly about it. It's pretty freaking hilarious the way they do it. Um, and then you saw after his talk how they had misspelled it. Oh, well, they did that on purpose, right? Right. No, I don't know that they did. I'm not clear if they did it, if, like, Tom and Greg did it on purpose. We hear... We here for you. I think they we did it. I think they did a kind of a bonics play on it. I don't know if they did. I don't know if that was on purpose. Yeah, I, I think that was their subtle, you know, they're they're like, oh, we're so freaking smart for this. Listen to this. We here for you. Like that's I don't like I think so. Okay. I don't think they were that. I don't think I just don't think that even that's too much nuance for even Tom. I think it was a mistake. I'd like to know what the real answer is. Well, because well, it's got to be the, the the stupid the stupidity of a double entendre because it's like we're here for you, but we but, but we also we here for you. <laughs> I mean, it's. I thought like the the um, the person who did the graphics, kind of did it wrong, and that's how it came off, and that was even more hilarious to me. Oh, I'm going to say they planned it that way, and it was even more hilarious than that. All right, okay. (laughs) I'll one-up you in your hilarity. So um, Logan gives Marsha a warning, Jeannie, that nasty things may come out, and she needs to know that she's with him. What the hell is Logan worried about that might come out about him that Marsha— Well, I've got to wonder. Good God, you know? So he used to run around with Mo Mo Lester, Lester. and so I wonder if— you know, for him to ask her that question after all this time, like she said to him, I know what kind of man you are. And I'm with you when I'm when I'm with someone. So that I'm wasn't with- just a I, I get my hands dirty with my corporate dealings. This was kind of a warning that something might come out with me and some improprietary in, in, improperly being with a person that I sh- like a like a sexual encounter. It, it seemed to me, yes, it had to have been pretty bad for him to take her aside and say that, I would think. To prep her, because, yeah. Yeah, because she's she's seen everything. She's seen him at his absolute worst, right? What could possibly surprise her? I'd like to know. <laughs> right. It was odd, too. And was her answer, did her answer include the, well, don't worry, I know what you're up to, like meaning another woman would be not unexpected? I would think she, yeah, 
I would like think a Hillary she, Clinton type of answer. Right. I would think that she wouldn't be surprised by very much. So what could it be? I mean, she might be surprised that he killed someone. I don't know. I'm the most naive person on the planet. So he's it, not on cruise ships, though. That was that was like Moose and Rocco throwing somebody off the deck of a cruise ship, not Logan. Logan no. knew about it. I'm sure he knew that was kind of the policy. I, but I just, I just, I, it just caught my attention the same way to think that, you know, he could easily feign ignorance of the whole thing too. Being, you know, how many levels below would that be? You know, whoever the vice president of cruises needs to take the hit for him. Now, Mo, did have we seen Mo before? Like in season one, do you remember? I remember his name coming up from before because he's dead, right? He's not around. He's dead. He died. They went to the funeral. It's where Connor had that really weird speech that he gave that was very noncommittal about Mo. Mo was a man. Mo is dead. It is sad when someone dies. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah, yeah. That was Mo's funeral. But anyway, he used to run around with Mo. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was just. Just listen to me. Just the terrible stuff we know about cruises or something worse. That's no big deal. Yeah. Right. All right. So, Jeannie, help me with this one. So this is the next scene is with Jerry and Roman. Besides their stupid romance or interesting romance, I shouldn't call it stupid. She wants him to do something and I can't figure out. OK, she wants him to go up to this dude, Edward, and whose dad is attached to the central bank and has some huge investment profile or portfolio, 300-year investment horizon. Right. Just in case the Pierce deal crashes, this could be another, I guess, big fish that they partner with to make them unswallowable by the Stewie and other guys deal. Yeah. What yeah. Did you know anything about this guy, Edward, and his dad and the central bank? And do you have anything? No. This okay. is the first we're hearing of it. But she just wants him to go and charm him and just see, I guess, put some feelers out there and see if he'd be willing to infuse some cash somehow. So when she so I missed the influence or the the inflection here of her. Does she say Roman could be the white knight in getting this conversation set up or that if he does it right, they could become the white knight? The guy would be the white knight who would come in and save them from the takeover. All right, got right? it. If the Pierce thing fell through. Roman is the, as he described himself, you know, the flitting about rock star. Okay. He's going to glad hand and get in there the way Jerry can't, obviously. But so Roman somehow at the end of all that turns it into Jerry pursuing him sexually somehow. Like, is this your makeup? Is this your way of makeup talk to me? Yeah, giving him a chance. That's her. Yeah, I, I saw that. You know, there is that banter. It's sort of undercutting everything. I was glad not. I was glad they didn't do that this week, because I want their relationship to be a little more than that. All right. But no, yeah, I think she wanted to give him an opportunity to shine. Right. Remember, he said Tom could do it. Let Tom go, and glad hand and try to you know scare up a white knight for us. Roman can do it. Roman's hungry. You know, so she's kind of trying to put him out there. She's got his back for now. But she's, she's also she's, working him. She's getting him to do it for her. Do it for me, Roman. Well, do it. Yes. Also do it for the company. Well, though. yeah, do it for the company is line one. But the subtext is 
if you do it for the company, I'll be impressed by you doing it for the company. I didn't um, mind. You know what I felt? I felt it was sort of more like maternal still. I know that there it's, it's, it's past all that. I get that, but you know, it's kind of playful. It is a little flirty, but I think that that's what he needs. Well, I think it's, I think it's Roman's interpretation that it's sexual. And I think it's Jerry's interpretation of this is how I use this dope to do shit that I need to get done. And I feel like this is how I have to motivate this kid. This, you know, I want to make him look good. It's good for the company. You know, if Roman shines, bringing this in this white knight, great. And Roman picks up on the fact that, hey, we, we could have an alliance. You know, Jerry's the brains and right. Roman's the I'm goofball the face, I guess. Do you think Jerry has any interest in Roman at all in any type of a, like a, an affectionate way? I think she's I think she's fond of him. I think she's somewhat amused by him. I think she wants him to do well. I don't think she's into the sex, but I think she's into um, doing it because it's sort of part of it. Did you did you see how she kind of rolled her eyes last week when he went in the bathroom and shut the door? You know, she was sort of like part like, oh, my God, and part like, oh, all right, you know, she knew what she had to do. Yeah, I did see her roll her eyes, but I could see people roll their eyes and still be interested in it beyond just like, oh, I'm going to put up with this bullshit. I think she was sort of interested in it. Maybe on some level, but I'm not, I'm not finding her like she's turned on by him. No. All right. I think she's, I think she's, I think she's having fun with the turn in the relationship. I think it gives her some control over him, obviously. And she already kind of controls him, tells him what to do, buttons his shirt. You know, she's just this weird amalgamation of that motherly thing that he needs both sexually and to motivate him in work. Right. But we all, we got to remember, too, that she's thoroughly bored by the 90-year-old guys that give her interest and, like, totally, like, make her disgusted. <laughs> so I'm, there I'm might not, be something there for her. I'm not seeing her turned on, but I'm seeing her having fun with where it's going. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. She's having fun with it. It's probably the, at least that's the safest way to talk about it. Let's just say that. <laughs> say, I think Jerry needs an upgrade in her pajamas. Just saying. Yeah. They're pretty benign. Those pajamas. They're awful. <laughs> well, they're probably comfy, which makes them perfect. They're either well, they're, awful or um, perfect. They're just, they're just terrible mom pajamas, the pants and the shirt. Yeah. But <laughs> that's, that's what her goal is. Comfort, not sexiness. Well, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, Jeannie. So Logan and Rhea talk now, and he wants the deal done tomorrow, and she warns him that the break fee might be too much. <clears throat> Do you, did you dig up any of this accounting financial term, terminology? Yeah, no. I did not. I kind of did, but I don't know if I got it all. So a break fee is, a, I think, in the financial dalliance, is a breakup fee or a termination fee. So it's a cost... If the seller backs out of a deal during a takeover, um, they have to pay a fee, like a penalty. Okay. Like you you buy a car and then change your mind, you still got to give up your deposit or something. Um, Here's what I'm wondering. If they never signed a letter of intent, you know, why would there even be a fee involved? 
Remember, he wanted her to sign the letter of intent, and I thought, they haven't done that already? Right, but we know they haven't. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. But they call this break fee, they call it up as something somewhat important, like it might be a pivotal pivotal way to swing the deal. Uh, but Logan's willing to waive the break fee. Um, right. But... I, I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. I'm just. I was hoping somebody could, maybe our, one of our listeners could help clarify it. Um, he tells Rhea, "Tell your team if they push, we'll cave in. Like give them that little opening." And then he turns. There's a lot of carrots turning to sticks, back to carrots to sticks, back to carrots again. But he turns the carrot to a stick and says, "If we don't sign by tomorrow, we may walk." And then, like you said, Rhea's a little bit. She's not a perfect double agent because she says, well, you know, maybe maybe uh, it's better to back away a little bit. And I hear the cultural hike is a hot ticket. Maybe that's what we should do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why I just didn't I didn't find her to be that dastardly unless there's something I don't know. But I, I get I get Nan's, you know, I get how Nan would be fuming, of course, but. Well, Rhea could be 70-30, too. She could be, like, mostly on Nan's side and some part of her on the Roy side. Well, she clearly, she said at least two times in the episode, I like your dad. I like your dad, she said. At least twice, probably both times to Shiv. Yeah, but that just serves her I don't own know. interest of smoothing the deal forward. It is, but she's also pulling some strings with Shiv, too, which is interesting, which Logan doesn't really know about. She called Shiv. They had that private meeting. I guess we're going to get to that. Yeah. So, but before that, Kendall passes Stewie, and he says, your staff is killing themselves now? Right. Kind of a, a cruise news illusion, I think, that he's starting to hear this news. Um, and then he says, he reveals that he knows about them bloating the company up so they can't be acquired easily by the deal he's representing. And um, Kendall tries to make a friendly, and I have in, in friendly, I have in quotes, friendly warning that they have a deal that's real and it's huge. And um, just as a friend, I'm warning you, don't put yourself in a place where you can't get out of it or make yourself look stupid. But Stewie's on to both the Pierce... And cruise ship problems, I think, that are brewing. He's he's in in on this news. Right. And it was just a stupid thing for Kendall to say, I think. Because why would Stewie ever trust him anyway? And it just seemed like an unnecessarily dumb thing to say. Kind of gloating, right? Yeah. I, I don't picture Stewie sitting back and waiting for news on the newspaper, like, three days after it happens. I see him, like proactively having private eye teams on the payroll to get shit revealed to him. Right. But um, I just thought Kendall, Kendall just looked kind of dumb. I think saying that coming up and saying that trying to be a friend, like, I don't know. I think that trying the whole, trying to be a friend thing. That's done. All right, Jeannie. So I think this next scene solves our debate about what the, we hear you is. Cause this is where Tom and Greg argue about whether, we hear you and we're listening are not the same. Right. <laughs> they kind of concoct a camel solution. We hear for you. And they don't spell it out with the H-E-R-E. But, right. but, it's, but they do say it's good because it's not clear. There's wiggle room. 
It's like saying, hey, here's our logo, here's our slogan, and it's perfect because it's not clear. But you want your slogan to be perfectly crystal clear. Right. No, it was hilarious. It was just it was just hilarious. And it was so fun to watch them figure it out and then, you know, he's all he's he's all happy with the decision. And it was just so funny. So Roman meets this white knight guy, this guy with the father with all the money. And um, this guy knows what's up. He knows exactly what Roman's doing. He's That Roman has his begging bowl out. And, right. Uh, Roman pitches him this deal over a drug, little drug interaction they have. And that, that basically this deal is that news could be slanted in their favor for their money in, in exchange for their money. Right. And then Greg stumbles in and says, hey, I'm a big fan uh, of your money. Right. <laughs> right. And then, But Roman doesn't do the drugs. Oh, he didn't? I didn't notice didn't. that. And I think he's never done the drugs. Everybody else is doing them. But nope. He kind of just takes it and talks. I watched him. And I don't think he's done it before. Interesting how Roman's skating on the surface of all this, like, oh, I don't even know what you, what would you call it debauchery like he's not into sex he's not into drugs he's into yeah, like these no. silly mommy games with jerry right no it is it's fascinating they're all all three of them are sort of in they're sort of circling and skating in their own kind of way all around each other but like kendall's in a thousand percent and chiv is in with like an open marriage where she can screw anybody she wants it's like Romans for for being like the smartest ass of all of them. He's the like the purest. It's weird. And he's, yeah, and he's the whipping boy, really. Well, he turns out to be in this episode for sure. But I think that, you know, I think that it was sort of indicative of probably a lot of times that's gone on the way Kendall reacted. Yeah, that wasn't the first time. So Greg wants some of that cocaine, Jeannie. He wants some cocaine to deal with the power people out there. Right. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, next scene, Tom is bragging to some hot exec about his huge, I think her name's Leia, Leia somebody, about his huge doings and rich budgets, and Shiv walks up on them. That was a pretty uncomfortable scene. Yeah, no, that was funny. I like that, too, because she could tell what was going on. Now, she's the only... That woman that Tom was flirting with was the only woman who had the long flowing hair. All the others, all the other businesswomen had this sleek kind of bob haircut. She oh, that's a good catch. One. She's the only one with this long, gorgeous hair. Everyone from Nan to all of them have just a kind of a sleek, straightforward bob haircut. Now, Tom's not doing anything outside of their agreement, his and Shiv's agreement. He's just doing what they've, like, got on the table with each other, between each other. Right. But it's pretty uncomfortable. Right. He kind of liked it. You think, I think so? He kinda, I think he liked that she was kind of jealous and possessive. Well, we know later he does. I don't know if he liked it at this moment. He's, he's almost like, oh, I got my foot in something. I got to get out of this and, like, be graceful or Shiv. But he's still... He's so great playing embarrassed, you know, he's, oh yeah, no, it's great. He just, he was, yeah, caught, caught by her. She was, she cared a little bit, but I think she had other things on her mind. And then later when she thought about it, she thought, eh. Uh, she maybe. cares a lot, I think. 
Um, what about Shiv just being too busy to text him that she's on the way? She surprises him here. She's on she's all this tra- all this travel time. She can't drop him a text. I think she doesn't think about him that much. I think this is probably the most she's thought about him after seeing him flirt with someone. Yeah. Suddenly he became a lot more interesting to her. Yeah, that's a great point. She either doesn't care enough about him to even bother to tell him or she wants to show up and surprise him. But I think you're right. I think she just doesn't – it doesn't even occur to her. Like, I'll drop drop Tom a line let him know I'm on the way. Right. I don't think she even – did she even see his presentation? I don't think so. I don't think she cares about Tom that much. No. She doesn't. Now, this is this is the most interested she's been. She kissed him. She flirted with him. She said, I was a little jealous. I kind of right. like Well, she tells Tom about the cruises issue, and Tom immediately goes into Tom mode. Are they scapegoating me? Did they ask for me? Me, me, me. It's, it's all about how he might suffer from this. He, he asked her. I think he asked her four times. He followed her down and asked her. She's... <laughs> She's so not thinking about him, right? No, it's not about you. Right. Well, except for what you said, because then she tried, She breaks in and interrupts him like, were you trying to bang Leia? Well, he's all worried about, like, am I the scapegoat? She just is more worried about her status with Tom. Right. I think it just sort of dawns on her, you know, what she saw. Because I, I just think her mind is going ahead, all the time ahead. Yeah. And she doesn't pay attention to him. He talks. She's not listening. She never has. Oh, okay, honey. Mm -hmm. She's not really even hearing what she's saying to him. Right. Except for this time. She was more affectionate with him. Kissed him. They nuzzled up. They had a little moment. She never did that on their wedding day. It was always felt so strained and contrived with her. We got to give Tom a little bit of credit because he does. He does stand up for himself a little bit. And he says, if I was, it would be okay. Even if I was, it'd be okay. Because that's our agreement, right? And you know, how about you? You um, <laughs> you were with an actor. What did he say? Well, you stayed with an actor, and uh, on, and I didn't know about it for ten days. Everybody knew about it. it. Was common knowledge that she was overnight with the actor, and she didn't tell him for ten days. Right. He's kind of that up, like you know. But he's so careful the way he kind of puts that out there too. Yeah, he's not totally bold, but he's pretty bold. He's bold for Tom, in Tom terms. He's bold. But Shiv makes a pretty important distinction. And um, I don't know if you've ever gone through this, Jeannie, in your life, but I kind of have. Like, it is different. Like, I know her. I've seen her before. She's a real person with a real face. And the dude I mess around with is just some actor that you never met. You never saw him. You never saw me with him. But she walked up on Tom and this Leia. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I get it. It doesn't mean, yeah, it doesn't mean it's okay, but I no, do it's just different. It's a little different. It's not, it's not excusable or acceptable. It's just more excusable or acceptable. It's just, it's different. You're not supposed to cross paths with right. someone like that. That's all. <laughs> all right, so Roman meets up with Jerry in her room in her hot pajamas and... He might be, what does he do? He talks about, he talks to her about this guy, about um, their strategy for getting in on this guy with the money. 
Right. And, and they were, yeah, they were both like, mm, okay, you know, they could, they could go ahead and, you know, that's something they would consider taking the money and slanting the news. Sure. He says something like he might be good for pimping millions or I can't remember millions or billions, but he wants a news channel. Right. And um, Jerry, Jerry, Roman doesn't know that the Pierce deal might be. Roman is not in on the inner circle of stuff. She, she knows, but she can't tell him why that deal might be in jeopardy. Right. I was surprised by that. He's never invited to the meetings. He wasn't in that last meeting with Nan. She, they invited Shiv, Kendall, Jerry, Logan. This was last week. So no, he's not. He's never included. You know what's interesting, Jeannie? Roman says again that she is technically next in line for succession. She's on the paperwork. That could be a smoking gun. It could be, because she is on the paperwork, and Logan has said it in previous episodes. Everyone knows she can't do it, right? But she's on the paperwork, so if he were to actually drop dead, right. she is. She, she, she is the successor. Well, that kind of has to happen, right? Because this is not just a drop, a dropped line in this episode. This is like the second or maybe third time we've heard this. She laughs yes, it yes. off like, oh, yeah, whatever. It's just it's a formality. But it's got to be a smoking gun of some sort. Roman's thinking of it. Well, other people, too. I don't know. He, well, he's no, funny. Like, he, he wants to have an alliance with her just in case. You never know. You know? Yeah. It, it was hilarious. That was just so funny the way he was describing her, being so invisible and yet reliable. Right. You know, I'm, the I'm the rock star moron. Maybe I'm the CEO, you're the chair, or the other way around. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm you Tarzan, could... you're back home cooking the soup. It, oh, it, he's so funny. I'm out there swinging my little dick. You're home cooking the soup and making sure everything's, you know, hunky-dory financially. Oh, of course. Oh. He's got to twist it into some sort of physical right. hopeful, hopefulness between him and Jerry. But also I think he, he says that, too, to kind of take the edge off maybe what he seriously is proposing. You know, he doesn't want her to laugh at him either. Right. He always leaves a little bit of an escape alley so he can get off the hook if his, if his proposal's rejected. Right. And Jerry does send him on the way, but she doesn't necessarily reject it, this whole thing. No, she doesn't. But she's very motherly to him. On your way, off to bed or whatever it was, you know, she was like, there you go. Right. Okay, mommy. He, he kind of goes off, you know, and so it's just that it's, it's a fascinating dynamic. I was glad they didn't do it sexually. I don't want it to become a joke. All right, so on the way to breakfast, Nan shows up. She's been requested by Leia to show up at this whole Argestes. She doesn't want to wear her badge. Uh, she and Rhea talk a little bit about the deal. And Rhea tells her that it's important that they close quickly. So she is working the, the Roy side of it. Not just, she's, she doesn't just have Nan's interest at her, you know, as her only concern. She's working both ends of the steel. No, I, I know that. I, I get that. But, you know, it was plain from the very beginning. Logan Roy wanted it to be done quickly. He said it last week. This only works if it's fast. So now, as the weeks drag on or however long, you know, I don't know. I mean, I know she's not like a mediator. She's their CEO, but 
she's not they're not going to get screwed over in this deal right well the urgency used to be the sandy stewie need not just we want to acquire you pierce people but they have that need now they have this other like super urgent need with this cruise ship thing yes but he was very clear with nan logan was with her directly this only works if it's quick because of Sandy and Stewie. Yes. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes, yes, yes. Agreed. Yeah. So they even, they okay, so they're in this room. They even have a signing room ready. Kendall's got this ready. Like, it's way too, it's way too needy to be effectively good at closing this deal. Hey, before we have breakfast, let's sign the papers. It's like way and, too needy. And she's very irritated. Nan has, Nan is irritated the whole time she's there. She arrived irritated. You know, he's not. He doesn't feel like placating that anymore so much. I guess because he's he's under the gun. Well, he gets he gets hotter and hotter under the collar. He loses his superficiality of elegance on the on the on the surface of the closing the steel with like good like good sheeny surface of it. She, he. He pretty quickly gets exposed. Right. But um, this Hugo Baker dude shows up again, the cruise guy, and tells him that, well, okay, it might not come out just, like, in a day. It may come out in, like, 15 minutes. Right. So they're, like, really boiling under this heat of this thing being exposed. Like, should we leave? Should we get out of here right they now? They do want to leave. They want to okay. get out. What, what was that strategy? We just leave and bail on this meeting? I don't know. I mean, just we got to get out of here so they're not going to confront us. They, they, can't. they didn't quite know what it was going to say either. You know, I think they know how bad it could be, but they didn't quite know how bad it was going to come out. And I think they kind of all thought, it's not that bad. Well, a little bit later, they have to start thinking that way. But so at this point, though, when they try to get up from the table of bail... Do they think, okay, we've lost, this news is coming out in 10 minutes. They're going to know. We can't, we can't, we're not prepared for this meeting. But then the women catch them at the table. So then they, at that point, they just try to make the best of it. Right. Okay. Because Rhea is delivering Nan to him, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So they try to, they try to triple accelerate now that they were stuck at the table. They might, well, we might as well just try to throw all the freaking bombs at him at once so they try to close it super fast but yeah nan wants to go slow she's so super careful pace she wants to order breakfast right Um, but she's so irritated with everything there she ends up just she doesn't want to order anything it's too expensive she's annoyed i'm just going to have a glass of tap water yeah for six so she's like so she's she's fuming already something you know i i would like to know what what it was that was holding it up all this time and why she, why she's so, you know, what's going on in the family that's changing everyone's mind besides this cruise thing. Cause presumably they don't really know about that yet. Well, maybe it's just Nan's sensible pace of like not rushing into a deal. Except again, he made it pretty clear when they said, yeah, we have a deal, you know, I need this quickly. So, well, he has a deal that Nan knows he wants so she has power by saying yeah. hey just slow slow your pace there ranger 
Right. So, um, and we find out he's been sending her multiple emails and calls and texts and every day she's like, she kind of, she kind of complains about that. Yeah. Yeah. Kendall wants to sign before breakfast and Nan has to order breakfast before she can, and that's, here's where she orders the tap water. Right. <laughs> um, so this is what, while all this is going on, Kendall's watching his phone under the table. Did you read the headlines on his phone, Jeannie? I was trying quickly to see it. It ref- and when it when it refreshed to the waste era, Royco. I I couldn't. Did you freeze it? Yeah, I got what it said. So the the headline before it got refreshed to reveal more. The first headline is, "Lost at Sea, at Waystar Royco, a cultural a culture of abuse and cover ups." And then later on, like a minute later, when it reveals more it says a subheading of what lies beneath unexplained deaths sexual exploitation and cover-ups at waystar cruises wow so kendall's like frantically refreshing his phone to get right to get this news and um i don't know nan starts talking about some sort of a performance bonus um and logan just readily agrees it's like totally incidental like bonus thing and Logan just readily agrees to it right and uh, Logan brings out his stick again like we want to close now we have a limit to our patience why are we fucking around like he's like pretty pretty tense transparent (laughs) about his need to be sign this today or right now or we're like in trouble right um, and then even Rhea jumps in. So this is where Rhea kind of tips her hand. She says, well, what if we just sign the LOI and then we do the rest of the the diligence later? And then she sees the article on her phone. She gets a little ding on her phone. Right. And then Kendall says, let's just bail. Let's just get out of this for now. Yeah. Yeah. So then they go back to the Roy family meeting and they all read the article Except for Roman, he can't find it. He can't find a link to it. <laughs> I think Roman, with nothing else to freaking do, would have at least mastered Google searches and right. how to look at his phone for shit. So they're looking at it and they're thinking, it's not that bad. It's yeah. only one person 25 years ago. Or, you know, it was just very, it was a long time ago. You know, they're kind of relieved that, they're, that it isn't worse. Right. It's kind of a funny emergency. Because, like, first of all, Logan needs it printed. And then it's print. He can't read it on, like, a device. And then it's printed too small for him to see it. That's funny. (laughs) And then Roman says, is this one of those things where I need a woman to explain to me why it's bad? Shiv, is it bad? Is it that bad? It's hilarious. Yeah. No, he's obnoxious. He's obnoxious on purpose. I think he's on purpose obnoxious. Don't you? Just to be the foil in the family. I I don't think he's trying to be comical. I think he is just comical. I think he, he I don't think he grasps this reason why well why is this such a big deal? I don't think he's leveraging that into a comedic opportunity. I think he's like hey, somebody tell me why this is like a big deal. Like what what happened? Yeah. What, in, in, this, in the scope of all things happening in the world today, why is this such a big deal? And it was such a long time ago. So she says, don't ask me. I'm not your grope Geiger counter. Right. 
<laughs> so basically, Jeannie, Jeannie, here's the story again that I think it is. It's like, so way back in the 90s, this molester dude somehow exploited a woman named Kirsten by asking for sex to get her and her and maybe asked her other dancer companions to get their contracts renewed. So dancers on a cruise ship, you, right. you give me sex and I'll renew your contract. Correct. And so she was the only one that didn't sign the NDA that would keep it, keep all this bullshit private. And so they kind of ruined her career. And so the story, the company line story is she jumped off and committed suicide, but probably she was like thrown off this boat. Yes. God. To eliminate her as a problem. Such so, a long time ago, they keep saying. Yeah, a long time ago makes it... 25 years ago, when it happens more than 25 years ago, well, gee, more than 25, you know, they keep... That's their... They're hammering that in. But it's a buffer, yeah. Makes right. it less important. Right. So what to do? What do we do? So Roman downplays it as not a big deal, like you said, but Kendall wants to acknowledge it as not okay. We have to bring it to the forefront and just say, it's this happened and it's not okay. It has to right. be something. And we're going to find out. We're going to investigate. So Shiv, the female, says, no, let's silence it. She's not on the side of this poor woman who's tossed up off the edge of a cruise ship. She wants, she gives the corporate. Condemn and move on. Yeah. Condemn and move on. Interesting. But condemn they, it and move on. They have Kendall and Shiv flip. Like that may be Kendall. That might have been inter an interpretation of what Kendall might have wanted, and Shiv might have been the other side of it. But then, then Shiv meets with Rhea behind the scenes before they go out on the panel, and she has some other things to say. Yeah, but before that, we get to see one of your Shiv smirks, Jeannie. I noticed right. it totally right here. So Logan claims. <laughs> No, nobody gives a fuck about these bitches. They hate me. That's the problem is me. We just move on. And sh that's where Shiv gave one of those smirks that you've pointed out before. Right. That. Like, well, holy shit, dad. Right. That's um, time. So they talk I mean, about the. Sorry, go ahead. So the dynamic with her and her dad, I mean, you know, all the retaliation, I guess the retaliation is, you know, she. We had to go work with Frank for a while. Because the dynamic, she seems super confident in there with him, basically, doesn't she? Arguing yeah, do you think the Frank thing is retaliation, or do you think that's just got to put Shiv somewhere? Let's put her in a place where she can't really change much and has to kind of fit into the corporate. Well, she was so tense at the end of the last episode prior to this. And saying, you know, I fucked it and there's going to be, there could be consequences. You know, like she was scared. She looked scared to me. And yeah. all that just kind of gone. I don't think that's punitive to Shiv, though. I, I think that's just, let's put, give Shiv some important role in the accounting department that keeps her at the toppest of levels where she cannot be, where she has no influence. And yet Greg gets the invite. Yeah, Greg, well, Greg is stuck to Tom's side, so I don't know why, why even was Tom there. Tom's the head of news, I guess he has to be there. Right, right. Greg over, I don't know if Greg over Shiv is a reason for us to see, any read anything more into it, though. 
I just think Greg's stuck to Tom's side so much that whatever Tom does, Greg's going to be there. Yeah, probably. It's not like Tom, it's not like Greg instead of Shiv. It's like. No, but it just, yeah. But so is he Tom's assistant? Yeah. He's Tom's assistant like Kendall's assistant is there with him. Yeah, I think so. All right. So Kendall and Roman are going to go on their panel and they need a woman. Jerry won't do it. She scared Jerry like super intelligently backs out of it. Right. So Shiv, it's got to be Shiv. Um, she doesn't want to do it either, though, because she's not fully briefed. And Kendall and Roman try to step up and say, don't worry, we'll do it. Right. They don't really want her to do it. So Kendall they, and Roman don't really want her to come. Well, for some reason, they don't want to be usurped by Shiv, I think. When really, in all reality, Shiv would be the perfect person to help them do it. Right. Which she did. So they do this walk of shame with Shiv and Logan, like front arm in arm. They're the front couple. Um, but we find out people are canceling meetings at this Davos of whatever, whatever our Jesse's means in this context of the show. This pretty big Davos event. People are canceling meetings with them. They're a pretty hot corporation and people are canceling on them. Right. Tom's session was not half full. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> so even Stewie walks up, though, and says, well, everything you had going on is dead in the water now, huh? So he knows. He's, like, double entendering them. Right. Like, with pretty, pretty black humor. But um, Logan and another guy meet Shiv with the financial advisor guy. I keep forgetting that guy's name. What's is that? it the Cruises guy? No, the financial guy with the... Right, yes. Carl? Is he Carl? Yeah, I don't ever remember his name. He's got the, like, the, the gray curly hair. He's the banker guy, right? The banker or financial guy, yeah. yeah. I think he's Carl. I think Colin is the security guy who's his fixer. Yeah. Yeah. But now they're even having trouble reaching Rhea. So Rhea's like... Probably intelligently playing it below the surface and not being in touch with the well, Roy's. Ray is behind the scenes now, reaching out to Shiv. See, that's what she's doing. So she's double, double agenting on Logan, really too. Triple, because, triple agent, yeah. Yeah, she's a double and, agent with the Roy's and Pierce's, and a double agent with the Roy's and the Shivs, with the and, Logans and, and the Shivs. And Logan made it really clear, nobody meets with Rhea but me. I don't know if Shiv was in the room when he said that this time, but so she met with Rhea behind everyone's back. So this is where Logan throws up. He can't take it, throws up. Right. What's going on? What is going on? And then Shiv goes to Rhea. And we get some pretty deep stuff here. So rumors are flying. They're all dancing around one another. Like, what do we say? What do we, you know, what's the right thing to say? What's the wrong thing to say? And Rhea and Shiv play these little word games with each other. But basically Rhea knows that Shiv is there. The, her presence there is because she's the acceptable one. She's the female face that can help them save face. And I think she's she's giving Shiv... You know, that coach, she's the coach. They're kind of trying to get Shiv up to go up and do the panel. And I think that she, I think Rhea 
believed that Shiv, being the acceptable one, would be palatable to Nan, and how she responds to this whole thing was going to be really crucial to how Nan was going to view it, because they kept cutting to Nan in the audience during the panel. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Rhea is a little older than Shiv, so Rhea has a little bit more experience, and Shiv actually takes some of that experience and uses one of those lines that she uses um, later on with Logan or some of the other Roy family. Yeah, she's totally. It feels like it feels like Ray is kind of a mentor, but when you think about it, you know what what Shiv said. Why are you giving her so much power in our family? You know, she's somebody else's CEO, and here she is meeting with Shiv kind of moving her into place and giving her the pep talk so she's going to go out and do it, go out and do the panel, go out and save the whole situation so they can save the deal. Shiv's a pretty smart executive, though. She's she's very intuitive. She sees that Reyes still wants the deal. Um, we learn that Nana, Nan is unhappy about the whole story and all, this, all the bullshit that's, like, leaked in here. And Rhea gets right down to brass tacks, like, why do I have to ask you this question about dead girls on your boats? That was pretty powerful. Right. right. Um, and then Shiv pretty much uses the power of the takeaway of the deal. Like, well, maybe you should look at other sources of investment. Like, we, we might just walk from this, all this, if you want us to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Rhea, Rhea backs down because <laughs> um, she kind of gets back in. Like, well, what's the true nature? How can we solve this? Like, how big is this storm? What are we dealing with here? Right. Which, you know, I mean, what do you think about her meeting with Shiv privately like that? I think she's trying to just get the deal done. I don't see it as all that bad. Do you? Well, if you accept I mean, a double agent as being okay, it's perfectly yeah. double agenty. <laughs> it's perfect etiquette for a double agent. It is, but I think it's networking. I'm going to call it networking. Yeah, so it's like Trump going to the Taliban and meeting with them and saying, "Hey, dudes, if we hate you, but we should hammer out some deal. We should." Well, we I'm should. not. I'm not going to go there. All right, Mike. All right, but you go you go to the enemy's side of the table and you say, "Hey, we hate you, but we'll we should talk instead of just like not talk." Well, I just think that I just am not saying that she's all that bad. You know, I think she wants to get the get the deal done. Everybody wins. She didn't start the whole thing. Yeah, anyway. but she's not trustworthy for Nan. I get that. And Nan okay. is a pretty Nan is not a pirate deal maker. Nan's like a oh golly, what what she use about how about those potatoes? She's just these old fashioned colloquialisms. Right. They really they really poured it on heavy this week with all that. Yeah. You know, the tap water and the prices are too high. I'm not gonna eat breakfast here. She's a gazillionaire. Right. No, she was just touchy and irritated. With the whole thing and probably looking for any reason really to get out of it. And then when she found out that, you know, Rhea had had the meeting, which, again, (laughs) there could be a very, you could explain it away. I get what you're saying, I do, but I just haven't heard Rhea say anything with Logan or anybody that was really inappropriate and, and 
you know, giving anybody secrets away. I think she was just seemed like a facilitator. Yes, she was their CEO. She probably shouldn't have done it. Yeah, I think she I think she leaked. You know, it's like it's like giving them the playbook of the other team. She's telling the Roy's what the, the Pierce's want. And she's well, like not giving them everything because she wants enough. She wants them to give the Pierce's enough. So she gets a lot from her side. It's just not. It's just not. You could almost just say Nan would think it's a betrayal. Well, yes, I can. I can't understand how Nan would think that. But as a viewer, kind of who's privy to sort of the bigger picture on both sides. God, in comparison to how Logan plays his kids and, you know, the how, how just like just that strikes me as sort of evil where this lady is just trying to facilitate this big deal that both right. parties actually want. At the end of the day, Nan is too stubborn. Logan's too much of a, you know, a bore, you know, and she's got to try to get these two to the table to get it to make it happen so everybody can win. I get what so. you're saying, but I think I think Nan would I think Nan would say, in her heart of hearts, Rhea, you got this deal done, and this was like a great deal for us. But you you know I'm so straight and narrow that you betrayed me, and I can't live with that. So I get it. I, I do get it. I do. I really do. So Rhea helps Shiv strategize and says, "Well, perhaps a few bad apples, we can apply a tourniquet of some sort." I mean, Rhea knows that. Some dudes throw threw a woman off a ship and killed her, but she wants a tourniquet to satisfy this deal, you know, enough to stifle us enough so the deal goes through. Just to get past it's pretty it. Pretty evil. It's pretty evil. It's something Nan would never if Nan had even a hint that this was happening, of course she would kill the deal. Yes, you're right. You're right. Um, but so Rhea insists that Shiv be part of the presentation, not just Kendall and Roman, which is really good advice. Right, because Nan was really liking it. If you watched her in the audience, she was looking and watching. And, you know, she was never going to, she wasn't with Rhea at all during this whole conference. She came, it was like she was, she kind of came kicking and screaming. Rhea kind of had to placate her along. She didn't sit with her. She was sitting with her on the panel. Rhea was kind of closer to Logan, whispering to Logan. Nan's up in the back. She wasn't going to sit with her. But she was watching Shiv and responding to Shiv. So this is where she gives Shiv the line that I was referring to earlier. She says, there's a time to accumulate capital and a time to spend it. My dad worked in an asbestos plant, so the rest is gravy. And Shiv right. kind of, that registers with her, and she actually repeats the gravy later. Right. Um, she learned. Shiv's really a good learner of, she's a good processor of information. And she's very quick on her feet. Yeah, totally. All right, so the guy with the thinnest neck in North America <laughs> uh, while Roman is shambling with his three by seven cards or three by five cards, whatever, um, gives him the three R's. Regret that it happened a long time ago. Responsibility. Re responsibility belongs to individuals, not corporations. And remedy. Super mm -hmm. tough, be super tough, be super vague, condemn it, and move on. Right. Um, and then Shiv busts in to take charge. <laughs> right. 
And they all have all three different approaches to this whole thing, which gets played out on their panel. Pretty funny, yeah. So Mr. Thin Neck wants only two Roys on stage, but Roman refuses to get bumped. Right. And then Logan, he's okay with it, all three of them going out. And it's funny how um, Roman just is... And they let him go out, you know, they cut him, they cut him from the welcome video at the orientation session for the new, you know, business managers. And they sort of let him go out and just kind of bumble around like an idiot. And nobody tells him he can't participate. It just shocks me. Well, Roman's not going to add much to this presentation. I mean, no, I see even on the stage in the planning, in the planning before they even get to the presentation. It's pretty smart to keep Roman off the stage. I think they can't they don't manage to do it. But I think it would have been pretty smart. Right. But so in this negotiation behind the scenes still before this happens, is still pretty funny. So Shiv wants to go all Beyonce and do it. Fuck these two guys. I'll just do it by myself. Right. Which probably (laughs) wouldn't have been a bad idea. Um, and then pulls back and says, this is where she uses this, that rail line. Well, if you don't want me to do it, I'll just hit the road. It's all gravy, baby. Like, right. <laughs> I'm out of here right. if you want me out of here. Right. And Logan holds up his three fingers, I guess, indicating the three of them. To go. Yep. So before they get on, Jeannie, we get to see Tom finishing up his presentation. And he's a doof, man. He is a doof. It's hilarious. The audience is, you know, half full and distracted. They're not listening to him. <laughs> yeah, half seat. It was only like a 50-seat theater. Right. Like a lot of people. But Tom's saying shit like, news is new. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, I, I, my favorite scenes are when he's on there. And I just, I just can't help but sort of think... Oh, he's got the best part in the whole show to play, to me. Just so much fun. So so many fun things. So dry. So much dry humor. Well, he and kills it with the new tagline, Jeannie. We here for you. Well, I'd be curious to know if what everyone thought about that, too. Yeah, if, if, it's, if it's on, on purpose, purpose. Or, or not. It's got to be on purpose. So, or a mistake, or a mistake made by somebody who's putting up the graphics. No, That's it's got to be on purpose. Okay. All right. So the all big right. three go on stage. It's total corporate continuity. You know, how do you respond to the magazine piece? They they all want to get into this and settle it and try to at least respond appropriately to it. So Kendall says what he thought before. We want to look into this. And Shiv kind of says, well, it's been a pretty tough day for us. No, not really errors, but... And then Roman, Roman f- kind of fans the flames a little bit, doesn't he? He says, like, catastrophes. He, he kind of throws Shiv a live hornet's nest. They were sort of, like, jogging with each other, too. Kind of trying to one-up each other. With That's what I mean. He's respond. yeah. And Kendall does his usually, like, expected. We've known, come to know and love him, but he does his expected smooth over of like, well, we don't really know yet. We need to investigate. Like pretty benign answer. He kept repeating it. And then they kind of kept, especially it got down to like Shiv and Kendall 
kind of going at it, going at it with each other on the stage, trying to respond and kind of come up with the best response. And Roman's over there saying, "We'll do it. We'll do whatever anybody wants. Right. We'll do. We'll do whatever anybody wants us to do. We will do what anyone wants. <laughs> yeah, stupid." <laughs> So somewhere among all these comments, Marsha tells Logan, because he's looking back over his shoulder at Nan, trying to find out her reaction to all this. Right, yeah. Gives him excellent advice. Stop looking back at her. You're like tipping your hand. Right. I mean, it's kind of shocking the way he is. And she's up there, you know, just basically with her arms folded, looking down at it. But, you know, kind of, kind of liking what Shiv is saying. And then when Shiv said... Well, we just have to call the dinosaurs. You, you cut to her and her eyebrows shot up. Oh, yeah. Like, I think she sort of thinks she liked it because she wants right. Shiv, obviously, to be the one. So, well, she, you, yeah, you I, like you said, Shiv totally puts in some self-promotion. Sometimes you need to clean your hands and just get fresh eyes in here. Like, I'm not even supposed to be here, but here I am, fresh, fresh right. eyes. And Kendall kind of sticks his stake in the ground and says, well, we... We can all do that and retain core values. Like, let's just keep what we have going, going. And then, like you said, Shiv says, we need a dinosaur call sometimes. Like, dad's out. This clearly means dad's out. Right. And so but the interviewer person says, well, who's the T-Rex that you're referring to? Oh, nothing. Just, you know, just older attitudes, that kind of thing. I meant dinosaur attitude. Like, no, I'm not talking right. about a person in particular. Right. I would never go after my dad. Plenty of other people do that. She, like, yeah, no, she's got a great line. Ha ha. It's easy out of it on the stage. But afterwards, afterwards, that was hilarious, too. Yeah. So Tom just, schmoozes her. You shimmered. Right. Or does she say that to Tom? No, he said it to her. And I think she said, I heard you did really great, really well. I hear you. Or she said something about the, the line. And then he was all, what happened? But, oh, my God, you were shimmering. But, oh, you know. And then they, they were kissing. She kissed him. And they were the most affectionate and the most genuine she that I've ever seen her with him. And then and Kendall then, to Roman, we're going to do what anyone wants. Like, right. what the hell did you mean oh. by that? All right, but no, he can't. Roman had the best line in the whole show. He comes in, take your daughter to the slaughter. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, that was so great. And then, but yeah, and then Logan comes in and Marsha scolds Shiv. That was going too far, Siobhan. Right, a dinosaur? Him. Yeah. All right, so Roman continues his his Romanisms and just continues to joke around and about being making uh, barbecuing a dinosaur alive or something, and Logan just slaps him. Yeah. So you're right, Jeannie, because Kendall jumps in like this is not the first time this has happened, and he's almost like, "Don't be doing this again. We've been through this right. before." Well, and I, I thought that. that was pretty cool of Kendall to defend his brother. Yes, because they're always sparring with each other. And you can tell that's affectionate. Like when they were getting ready to, what are you going to wear on the stage? They were, Kendall and Roma were talking and, you know, I'm not going to tell you and give you a leg up. Well, I'm thinking of going topless, you know, and they could, you could tell there was, it was affectionate between them too. Right. But commando yeah, ankles really or something. So. Yeah. So, okay. Then we get to see this comedian. Um, the roast. Hey, Roy's permission to never board your ships. 
<laughs> I know you're going through a hands-on investigation. Pretty brutal. And, and Roman just, I mean, Logan just sits there looking so, like, furious. And Marcia's like, why do we come here to be insulted? I think she's the cultural differences there of, of a roast, right? right? So Nan walks out, Logan tries to follow her, and then Rhea tries to follow them, and she wants to disengage, and Logan tries to minimize everything that this comedian's, like, hinting at. And Nan should, throws the should, truth at him. Yep, and he should have let her go. You think? It just... At that moment, I do. Instead of doing what he did, which was making it ten times worse. Well, like Shiv gave, blurted out her, from one of her weaknesses last episode, Rhea blurts out her. So it kind of happens where Nan says, I had a call with the family and all this is intolerable, it's over, where the deal's off. And Rhea says, what call? I I wasn't involved in that call. Right. She should have never tipped that hand to Nan. Um, and then Nan accuses Rhea. Have you ever spoken to the Roys behind our backs? And she does not have a good answer for that. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> she doesn't because she has. But I still think, you know, it wasn't as bad as Nan thinks. Yeah, I think it was as bad as, as she thinks. <laughs> but I think Rhea responded poorly. I think Rhea should have doubled down. Said, yeah, of course. I speak to them behind your back all the time because I'm trying to get this deal to happen because it's a good right. deal for you. But she balks and stutters, and that kind of cements Nan's suspicion. Yeah, she's been she's been annoyed the whole time she's been there. So, Yeah. So Nan says, you're playing both sides. I want your resignation or you're fired. And then dismisses Logan and drives away with him screaming at her. Like a maniac, like a wild boar chasing her car with his angry face coming in at her. I don't know how you come back from that, but they've come back from worse things than that. But, you know, just you're not you come back here. He's ordering her and she's driving off. Yeah, right, like that's going to work. Right. But I think, wow, okay, he's unhinged now. Because he's the, you know, his back is against the wall. He's feeling it. So, Jeannie, I'm not ready for this question, so I'm going to ask you, hoping you know the answer. So so that was 206. What's 207? I didn't even look. On purpose, I didn't look. Did you? I've got it here. I bought myself enough time. It's (laughs) entitled Return. Hmm. See, so that could totally come back now and return to the deal. It tells us nothing. Or do they just return home with their tail between their legs? We have no idea. Uh, So return, yeah, so whatever the hell that means. Could be anything. Could be the name of a place for all we know. (laughs) Probably not. I know. Dundee is a DC, like... um, District of Columbia, DC's nine, and then TBA ten. They don't tell us what ten is. And then that's it. So this will be seven, eight, nine, ten. We have four more. Yep. I'm loving it. 
All right, Jeannie, you have, do you have any other online things you're working on that you want to promote or? No, not really. Just Instagram. Follow me at the beach at Shmeen Babe. Follow you at the beach. Yeah. That's your, uh, that's your, that's your slogan. That's my, no, that's not my slogan. You're here. We're here for you at the beach. I'm at the beach. I have Atlantic beach life. I have a few different Instagram accounts of none of note. Oh, what are they? They just like for fun. Once for fun, once, um, well, mine, mine is Shmeen Babe. I have Atlantic Beach Life, which is sort of a new one, but it, I also have a, I have a blog from back in the day, you know, we don't do that anymore, but back in the day I had a blog, Atlantic Beach Life, talking about all the fun things we did living here at the beach. And so I'm just starting it back up on Instagram, but, um, it's not about me and us. It's more just about um, the vibe around in our beach towns here. Okay. And then I have another one, which we'll, we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> well, if you ever want to promote it and put it on the web, on the, on the show notes, I can put them in there. All right. Well, I'm just kind of low key at this point. Otherwise we just have your Instagram and, uh, Twitter. S H M I N B A B E. Shmeen babe. Mm-hmm. Instagram or Twitter. Yeah. Um, but I'm enjoying I'm enjoying your um, affair. That was I laughed so many times at the last um, years of Michelle's from the last affair episode. Well, they just tee it up so easily it's, to make it so easy to make fun of it. Oh, but I, I'm laughing out loud through your whole time because it's just so everything that you say. I'm just it's just so funny. It's so bad, and I really. Also hate Noah. Yeah, I'm pulling for Noah. I kind of, I kind of like Noah. Uh, My partner like, hates Noah too. She does, she does. But I think you know, I'm sort of feeling it the same way she is. You kind of go back and forth. You, you can't, you know, we got Furcat and um, the Noah clone. What's his name? The actor Sasha. Sasha. Sasha Man. He's the oh, it's man. Hilarious! It's hilarious. <laughs> But it's so bad. I don't think I would even watch it if I wasn't listening to you. They're guys. making Noah such a super underdog that he's got to come back as some sort of a hero in some. Oh, I'm just way. so tired of him. Just like everything Michelle says about him, it's just everything about him. You know, he's he's blown up everyone's life for, and you know, these kids of his. They're you know the little girl who just got her period, and then her little brother who you hate, Trevor, her big brother. Um, if they've been separated from the family, you know, she had to have been like four years old or something. Was she, do you remember that at the beginning? If that little girl was that young, you're talking about the, the affair, the kids on the affair, Noah's kids. Yeah. You're talking about like, um, Whitney though, or no Whitney. I remember, but his other kids, the kids who we see now. You know, oh, it's Stacy and Trevor. That, yeah. Yeah. Eight years ago, it's been eight years since Noah left the family or, or more because she was with Vic for eight years. Right. Those kids didn't seem like they were that little at the time when he left, like four years old or something. Right. The so they're still too little. They're still too young for. They just seem a little too young still to be. Yeah. We, Michelle and I, Michelle's my partner for this a fair podcast we do on West Coast mm-hmm. Project. She and I went over the gravestone dates because they really messed up the dates in an earlier episode. 
Right. And we and you know they made there are some math wrong on those gravestone dates because they have. I don't know if people even care about this in succession, but they have okay. If somebody dies, if you see a gravestone from 2053, you have to be alive in 2053. And if you're only 20, if you're only 38 years old, that means you have to have been born in 2015. And Joni was not zero years old in 2015. She was like seven years old. Well, do we know the year that they got together or the year that Allison died? Do we know the actual year that Allison died that it was supposed to be? No, but we know, we know Cole is dead with a gravestone that says he died in 2053 and Joni and Joni is seeing that gravestone and she's 38 years old. So we know that she, in 2053, she has to be 38 years old. Right. So she, so that would have made her being born, have been born in 2015. Right. But she was in 2015, she was seven years old. So something's not adding up. Correct. And it's either a mistake by the show or it's some... Michelle thinks it's a, it's like the St. Elsewhere snow globe. Like we're oh, going to see God. Noah's story and this is all a story I of Joni in the future. God. <laughs> that snow globe. You, you mentioned that. So I watched all that. I watched all those shows. That St. Elsewhere, I loved it. And it ended being the fantasy of an autistic boy, Right. You know, I Looking. never watched Shane Elsewhere. I just know that the huge oh disappointment God. was the snow globe. <laughs> it was Dr. Auslander's son who was ended up looking at the snow globe or something. Yeah. I hate when they do that. So, yeah, I don't know the thing with Joni. Clearly, Joni isn't older than 38. I mean, she's not 45 years old. No, she is now 38 yeah. years old. She's the age Allison died when So okay. she was 38. She died at 38. And and you think the common knowledge is that she was a suicide? Like Joni, that's what Joni believes. That's what you think that Joni believes. And I don't know that they ended it that she was a suicide. I think it no, was it's not clear yet. It's not yeah. according to Sarah Treem, who's the creator of the affair. Right. We're assuming everybody who listens to Succession cares about this. Bullshit. I know. I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> but yeah, so we assume that. Everyone's as into it as you and me and Michelle, but yeah. So so Joan, so Elson's death is a mystery. It's either it appears to be a suicide, but it's probably a murder by that one dude. But Joni thinks it's a suicide. Joni thinks she checked out. But I wonder, does Cole really think that? Because if Joni, you know, you would think whatever Cole thought. He would have communicated to Joni. So I didn't think at the end of that, at the end of last season, that everyone thought Allison committed suicide. He thought that that guy murdered her. I think yeah, Cole- well, we were all kind of hoping that we would see Cole confronting Ben, the guy that Allison. I don't know. Who knows? We might still see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeannie, you want to talk anything else like um, Lost or any other shows that you have? I never watched Lost. <laughs> That was like a that was a rhetorical question. Yes, no, thank one, you. It's what is it? Two forty. See, look at me. I'm still ready to go. Yeah, you're amazing, man. I'm tired. No, I, I, it's eleven forty here on the West Coast. All right. Well, it was fun. All right. See you at three two oh seven return.
Can't wait. That's all I can say. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.